pollution and Whatcom waterways, but it's not coming from Whatcom County. It's coming from Canada. Well, how do we know? How can we point the finger for sure at Canada? And how is it that farmers are involved in this? And why is it the farming community, amongst others, uh, sounding the alarm about this growing issue of pollution coming into our local streams in northern Whatcom County? Uh, what's going on here? Welcome to The Farming Show. On your Saturday morning, you heard about this story first here on KGMI earlier this week. Uh, Joe Tian uh, talked with Fred Lickel, Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers, which is where I work as well. Good morning to you. I am Dylan Honkoop, the Communications Director, and I work side-by-side side with Fred Lickel, uh, the Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers, which is about preserving the legacy and future of family farming in Whatcom County. And Fred is with us uh, this morning, this Saturday morning here on The Farming Show to talk about this pollution issue and how it's connected to farming here in our community. Fred, thanks for being on the program. First, let's let's get the lowdown. Okay, what's the story about, or at least what do we know, because it sounds like we don't know everything about this pollution that's coming across the border. What's actually happening up there? Well, uh First of all, I would say it's been an ongoing problem um, back and forth over a number of years that we've been sampling, uh, you know, that the Whatcom County and the Department of Ecology and the Department of Agriculture have been sampling um, the waterways in this area. And they, they sample right at the border in a number of different stations um, from the water that's coming from Canada into Washington State um, through Fishtrap Creek and Bertrand Creek, and in this case, Pepin Creek as well. And um, but Pe Pepin Creek, which is double ditch, Pepe, yeah, right. Many will For, know it as double ditch as well. So people it, are starting to learn that Pepin term, though, as that yes, part yes. of Linden becomes discussed more and more as they yes. work on that overall project. Yes. Pepin so, Creek. So that's kind of the worst spot. Yeah, and it actually really ramped up here about six months ago. Uh, it got significantly worse. We've always seen some areas, but it went from occasional to almost every sample. So they're finding samples of, and this is the fecal coliform. Yes, fecal coliform, bacteria. which is which is the problem one that comes this from poop, but also other sources. Right. Right. This can be a problem from dairy farms. Has been at times in the past, and and suddenly we're seeing all these samples along these streams in Whatcom County having those red dots. I've seen the maps of, from the sampling of the, the data, but you follow the red dots and they go all the way right up to the border. Oh, yes. So yeah. explain, yeah, what do it's literally they're sampling right at the international boundary and they literally, know? Literally, yes, right there. There's no way it could be coming from any place else other than Canada. I've had that question asked me multiple times. And in this mm. situation, if you're sampling literally 10 feet from or whatever the, <laughs> the width of the road there on Boundary Road is, yeah. you're, you are literally sampling Canadian water. And it is, some of them are extremely high numbers. Um, your, fee, your water quality numbers, you want it to be at 100 or 200 for one sample. It's kind of the uh, max, so max allowable. Standard. I mean, and yeah. when we, you're going to see, I've been doing this enough years to know that when you have a rainstorm event, you're going to see some higher numbers. You know, it might even be a few hundreds, depending on where you are. It might even get to a thousand. But we're talking counts of 10,000, 20,000, even 50,000. These aren't just. 50,000. 
thousand yes, these counts. are not little events. This is not something that, oh, you know, some dog did his duty over here and it <laughs> ran into the creek. This is something very serious is going on. Well, this is, I mean, fecal coliform pollution. I think people are, are kind of aware of that. And that's, that is the pollutant. Well, I suppose there are others too, but that's been the primary pollutant that's been a concern in Portage Bay for the shellfish beds, which is really at the very end of this whole water this, system, yep. this watershed, this basin that actually does, in the case of these tributaries, begin in Canada. Yes, this is exactly where the water goes. I mean, and, and, and yeah, it goes out to the, you know, through the city of London, out, you know, down Fish Trap Creek. That's where Pepin enters into Fish yep. Trap Creek in London, and then it goes down to the Nooksack, and eventually it ends up right there in the shellfish beds. And the, these shellfish beds are very sensitive to fecal coliform well, pollution. Well, fecal coliform pollution is what had shut those beds down to shellfish harvest. That the, the, Lummi, the people of Lummi Nation were unable to harvest the shellfish that they, you know, in, in the past had there that because it, of this. And this was the issue, what, over 10, 10, 12, 15 years ago? This has been multiple times, right? Yeah. Yes. It was, it was a major issue in the 90s. Um, and then it, and then things were cleaned up, and mm -hmm. we recognized that farms had a significant part to play in that. Um, back in the 90s. Back in the 90s. And then it cleaned up in the 2000s. The shellfish beds were open. And then in the early 2010s, we started to see those numbers creeping up. And then the shellfish beds got closed partially again in they 2014. They sample at the beds or even the shellfish themselves or something to they sample in the at the beds themselves. And they yes. say, "Whoa, whoa, hold on, there's too much fecal coliform." And, and with way fecal coliform where the sampling goes, if if the, you have too many high counts and that average is too high, you are shut down. You don't get it's not like, "Well, you know, we can wait a few days and try again in this situation." Mm -hmm. No, it it is they are like permanently closed because it's something that at higher levels can be unsafe and make at least some people sick correct yes and and so we have to be very you know we, we have to be very concerned about that you know the the you know the portage bay this is this is the lummy area where they this is where their traditional harvesting goes on yeah. and you talk to the folks out there and it's uh, this is not like a commercial shellfish bed operation this is subsidence you know living you know harvesting these shellfish and it takes away a, a, a place where they can harvest some significant food for themselves right and traditional food yes yeah that th their people have been harvesting and eating that way since time immemorial this was the issue that first had me bringing you on the air back when i i worked at the radio station and That's i was correct. covering these issues and I was getting comment from the farming community. And I was bringing, and this was 2014, 2015. We were talking about this and the, the problems that were happening then, the improvements that were made. Talk about, you know, from that time until now, things have continued to make progress, right? And get oh, better yes. until absolutely. this this latest issue popped up. Abs absolutely. You know, the you know as I said, the, the farming community had to take uh, some of the responsibility back in the late 90s. And there was a tremendous amount of improvement. And then it gets better. And what happened is in the late 2000s, as often happens in these situations, the, the testing of the waterways 
going to the shellfish beds got ramped way back. It was expensive. We had economic challenges, and they were only sampling, for instance, right at the mouth of these different creeks. So Fish Trap Creek was just being sampled at the mouth and some of these others. Well, the counts start going up in 2014, and, of course, who do they point the finger at? It must be the dairies. Yeah. Well, the dairy community and, and, you know, many others said, okay, that's not necessarily fair because Mm -hmm. we haven't changed our practices. We're still being regulated and we have inspectors coming on our yards. What else is going on? So that's when Whatcom County, to its credit, went out and, and, you know, through state funding, went and did real detailed testing. And, you know, this Pepin Creek area, the fish trap area was one of those that got detailed sampling once a week they were checking. Wow. And what they found out was that the water coming across the border was oftentimes quite dirty, and it was actually cleaning up going through ag land. Then getting worse again as it went through the city of Linden. I remember talking about yes. that. You and saying specifically that. Yes. Because and of storm water and what did they end up really finding was the issue there? Um, there was a variety of issues probably, and there's still at times some challenges, but it's mm-hmm. it's challenging when you're in a city area. You yeah. know, the, the, the runoff is much quicker than it is in in uh, out in where you have soil and grass growing and crops growing yeah it's one of the things that we, you know we we can point to as a value of farming is that we actually provide that buffer and that sampling back in that 2014 to even now that some of that sampling is still going on has showed that value so things had, had kept getting better, and I know that's a focus here at Whatcom Family Farmers, which is connected with the Watershed Improvement Districts and the Ag Water Board, and then other organizations within the local farming community. This has been a focus. Yes. I've been in a lot of meetings myself where, you know, this is not my area of expertise at all, but I've heard a lot of reports on this, you know, more the science side of, you know, where are numbers at and what's going on and, you know, is there a problem and does, you know... Do conversations need to be had with certain people and you know making sure people are on top of this all of that collective effort over many years has led to steady gains until this and now we're suddenly why is the are there theories in play here as to why and by the way this is the farming show i should say if you're just joining us i'm dylan honkoop with whatcom family farmers whatcom family farmers executive director fred lickle is with us this half hour talking about this issue of pollution coming into whatcom county and our local streams from canada as can be very clearly verified by testing right at the border the water that's flowing down from canada in the streams that end up in the nooksack river has fecal coliform at insanely high numbers at certain times um flowing right there at the border what changed what 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 is going on north of the border well when back in 2014 there was no um really no inspection efforts and very little policing efforts whatsoever in canada and of course uh, i've had multiple people say what's going on up there well that's the problem we can't go across the border and check so canada to its credit at that time um embarked on a program in coordination with washington state and whatcom county and there was some coordination on sampling and i believe there was also some um, you know, some work on penalizing some folks and, and getting some things changed around. But then um, in the summer of 2021, they decided to drop that program. Mm. Um, that program no longer exists. 
Um, I understand that the the enforcement people are still there, but there's no testing of the water whatsoever. So they have absolutely zero way to know if anybody's actually doing what what they should be. Right. And clearly, based on the fact that we're sampling there and we're running into challenges, um, clearly indicates that there's been some backsliding there. So some of these higher numbers, people seeing it, have there been some in that water quality monitoring world who have been saying, oh, you farmers, what are you doing? Or is it pretty well known that, no, this this is not the farmers I, in Whatcom County causing the, this issue in the waters in Whatcom County? I, I would like to think that we have really gained there. I've been encouraged by, um, I think, and a lot of that is the data that has come out over the last seven or eight years that mm-hmm. goes. I mean, we can never say, no one can ever say 100% I'm perfect and you know no one else is. But the, the, the monitoring is such and the knowledge base is such that what has been encouraging is that if there has been an issue, folks are getting on it very quickly, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, between the inspectors that are out there and the farmers themselves going, look, I, I want to make sure the water is clean. But if there have been issues, we usually, you know, are able to tackle that pretty quick. I would say if we had seen a count of 20, 10, 20, 50,000 coming across the border, I it would, are you in that wasn't across the border that was right. something over here coming there would from have been an immediate step of what's going on and finding it out within days hmm. this has been six months and we're it's still, still happening yes yes that's interesting we're showing what happens i guess here when a community comes together and has unified around this issue and said we are going to tackle this head on deal with this there's a certain self-policing that inevitably happens where even if somebody up the road maybe isn't fully on board you know this happens in communities some people some people really take these things to heart other people say eh, not that big of a deal whatever even if it is a big deal there there comes this point where if i have to follow the rules and maybe i'm doing it because i know it's the right thing but it may cost me some money it may take my time it it may present some challenges for me but gosh darn it i'm doing it we're making this happen and my neighbor isn't he's gonna get an earful from me and say come on you know get on board with this here and and it's the right thing to do right you know i think we sometimes forget that when in essence you're dealing with farmers downstream why would we want to pollute them and I, I see, you know, most, if not all, of our watershed improvement district commissioners, not just in North Linden, the, the five that we deal with there, yeah. but around the, you know, we have six of those around the county, you know, that I, I work with. And they're all very much along those lines. You know, hey, what, what can we do? We're not an enforcement agency, so we can't, you know, we have to turn if, if you know, if somebody just refuses to do something right, yeah. we have to turn it over to an enforcement agency. But I have uh, multiple times we see farmer visiting farmer and saying, mm. hey, you know, there's some high counts around here. You know, what you got going on here? Let's see what we can do. And we also have the conservation district, which yeah. should be mentioned, yep. um, who has been great to work with in a, in a compliant sort of way of, okay, let's see what we can do to fix this, including funding oftentimes yeah. to fix things. So this is one of those cases where we, just like in the other issue we've talked about, the flooding and water going to, you know, from Washington into Canada yep. by SUMAS, that we also need the reverse this is a time when yeah. water knows no boundaries <laughs> and we need to make sure that we're working together. 
So, yeah, what does it take to get the attention north of the border? So they, because while the pollution in the water, well, the water itself and the pollution that ends up in it originates north of the border, but in some ways they don't really have to worry about it because it doesn't end up with them. It ends up with us. Right. And ends up out in the Lummi Nation shellfish beds. So how do we get them up north of the border to take it seriously? Well, I think that's one of the reasons why we put together the letter that we did, Dylan, with with uh, Larry Stapp and myself taking the time to, to say we need to, it, nothing was really happening. And, you know, we've been waiting for five or six months. Nothing has really gone on. I, you know, I'm sorry for those who might be listening, but I call it moving at the speed of government. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. well, let's talk about writing a letter and then we'll, you know, officially engage you months later. It, this is why we do no, what we do it's here time to quit messing farmers. Around. Yeah. You know, well, like you say, the, the farming community itself can, can jump on a, a problem. If something like this pops up and people become aware of it, can jump on it within days or even hours if it's a, a big enough thing. Like, get on it. Get her done. Mm-hmm. Government and this whole process, oh, you know, so slow. Here it has been six months of this pollution going on, and it's still not dealt with. So, yeah, and I, I'm remiss, and I didn't mention at the beginning of our, our conversation here, and, and by the way, Fred Lickle is our guest right now. He's executive director of Whatcom Family Farmers. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI, but I am also with Whatcom Family Farmers. I am remiss in, in the fact that I didn't mention this all started with a letter that right. we as an organization, Watkin Family Farmers, as well as the North Linden Watershed Improvement District, sent to Washington State. Yes, we, that, that's the official way to go about um, making that those requests is you go to Washington State and then you go to uh, and to the premier of B.C. So the letter was sent to Governor Inslee in the, mm-hmm. in the B.C. premier. So that's that's what our attempt to do was. So that was earlier this week, um, and just literally at the end of the day yesterday, I received a response from the governor's office wanting to discuss mm. our concerns. So that was encouraging. Yep. I have not heard anything yep. from BC yet, although we have heard some media requests. Have we yes, not? A- absolutely. So well, and it should be said. I mean, it, you fo- and the letter was you know from our or the organizations I just listed signed by you and by Larry Stapp, the president of the North Linden Watershed Improvement District, mm-hmm. to those agencies north and south of the border that you just mentioned. Shortly after that letter went out, also a letter came from Whatcom County and yes. the federal and state um, agencies also connected with the Whatcom Clean Water Program yep. and the partners involved in that program there. So they also sent a letter to Washington State. Correct. Now, you know, KGMI here uh, covered it on air. Joe Tian had you on the air to talk about it. And, um, and you know, I was communications director well i sent out notices to a lot of different media and we have been getting several different requests you've done a few other interviews including with cbc up in vancouver um we're still waiting for cbc to um air some of that information but it looks like that could happen next week and i think that's a a part of this that has to happen so they take notice up in bc that this is an issue that now the public is aware of absolutely and they must do something about it It cannot continue to be swept under the rug 
And I, and I also want to point out, Dylan, I think it's in, in the time we have left, that it's important to rep- remember that there's more here at stake. We're, we're talking about pollution, which is the most immediate thing. Yeah. But we have challenges related to what's happening in Canada and the water coming over. Um, so much development has occurred up there that we're mm. seeing much more water in the, in the winter, much less in the summer. And uh, matter of fact, we received a, uh, a picture from another another farmer just about a, probably a mile or two to the yep. west of that on a, on a ditch there, who, which is a salmon bearing stream. Who said, "Help! My my ditch just went dry this week. My di- which ditch went dry? It had never gone dry in the last five until five years ago." And there's and it's never so gone dry this early in the year. This early. It's usually August, and that's just in the last few years. So something that was a constantly flowing salmon stream has been had water shut off. So somewhere north of the border, that water that stream is being disrupted. Yes, and we're seeing that occur Somehow. all the way up and down um, these streams, Bertrand, Fish Trap, Pepin Creek, and yeah. various little small ones where we just yeah. we get way more in the in the winter and not enough in the summer and you know we have pictures now of little salmon dying dead in the know, ditch again the ditch. which we had a few years ago on Pepin Creek or Double Ditch and uh, all it, what is going on up there? Uh, people need to be aware of this. If you want to see photos and, and the, the kind of heads up that you're talking about from the farmer up there on the border uh, that had that, we did share that via Watkin Family Farmers social media on Facebook. Uh, post from Cheryl DeHaan up there. So you can take that out. Uh, take a check that out is what I'm trying to say. Fred Lickle, uh, Executive Director of Watkin Family Farmers with us uh, with a heads up on this issue. It sounds like we haven't heard the last of this. Um, because action still needs to happen. We're raising awareness. Now people need to act, the powers that be, to actually get on top of this problem and, and stop the issue. Fred, we're out of time. Thanks for, for being with us for on the program me, this morning.